Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so I invite you to turn to uh, Galatians chapter 4. I don't remember, I think that's 892 in the soft cover Bibles. I can't remember Galatians chapter 4. I believe it's page 892, and uh, so I just want to start off by saying, uh, again, I'm Pastor Dan, and uh, welcome to Life Tree. Um, if you've been gone all summer, um, welcome back. You know, you never know with, you know, summer beach homes and everybody going away. Maybe it's been like, you know, two or three months since you've been here. So welcome back. Um, we can probably say the same thing to fall today, right, to autumn. Welcome back, because it came back with a vengeance. Like two days ago, everybody was sweating. Anybody chilly today? Like, isn't that crazy? Like, anybody turn your air conditioning off? You turn your air off in the house? No, no, you're still keeping it on. Not yet. Some of you still have it on. All right, but you you could you could get close. You could get close, especially at night. Um, it's also a very important day because it's kickoff Sunday. So, I mean, nobody cared about the game Thursday. And I think there was was there a game. I think it's still preseason. It's still preseason. But no, the real games start today. And uh, I actually get to go to the Giants game today. I'm looking forward to it. Let's go, Giants. Come on. Yeah, all the Giants fans. Yeah, all eight of us. Um, this is the year that the New York football Giants will go undefeated. You know, I've got faith. It's going to – it could happen. It could happen. They haven't lost a game yet, right, Lynn? They haven't lost a game yet, so they can do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so ball's back. Football's back. Kids are going back to school. You know, it's a, all the parents are happy. You know, the kids are not so happy, but uh, getting new friends, new teachers. There's a lot going on uh, right now. It's that time of year where kind of everything starts. To, it's like a reset in the year. You know, September, sort of after Labor Day, it's like, okay, now now we get back to routine. Now we get back to like whatever it's going to be, you know, with certain rhythms. You know, fall kind of is a, a good time. You put away the summer stuff. It's like, okay, now it's time to back to work and be serious and do things like that. But there's important things that are happening in the fall, and something actually really important is happening right now, today. Um, I mean, aside from this, here, um, just about two miles away, at the Robbinsville Senior Center today, um, King's Cross Church is officially starting. And uh, I don't know if any of you have had a chance to meet Pastor Jonathan. Anybody get to meet him yet? Some of you have gotten to know him, so he's a, a, a great guy. Um, we got to know him and his wife, Julie, and they got four kids they are starting a church today at the Robbinsville Senior Center, where we used, to, we used to meet there. And if you remember, we felt like way back in you know, January, God speaking to us, saying this is going to be a year of multiplication for us. And that, that meant we were going to help churches get started. And really had no idea what that looked like. And along the way, you know, been gotten to know them and felt like you know, God said simply two words, help them. Help them. So... Um, if you don't know, we used to have a trailer and we'd bring our stuff in, set up all this gear and everything every week. Well, this church here, Seventh-day Church, uh, graciously gave us some storage space so we didn't need our trailer. So they are currently using our trailer. They now have our trailer. Brand new church. So we gave them, we gave them our trailer. We, uh, I had a garage full of sound systems and keyboards and equipment. They took it all. It's beautiful. I can actually have my garage back again. We gave them chairs for kids ministry. We gave them so much stuff that we've had through the years that we're not using presently. It was like, listen, let's just help them. So we gave them as much stuff as we could possibly get out of my garage. Um, it's been it's been awesome. Um, and I want to pause right now 
I sent him an email last night. We've just been trying to encourage him. You know, the only difference between us and them really is like eight years. It's time. It's the only difference. Like, I remember the feeling of starting a church in this community. We weren't there. We were in the Sharon Elementary School. And it's just, you wonder, like, is this going to work? Is anybody going to come? Like, are people going to actually listen to anything we have to say? Is it actually going to benefit anybody's life? Is it going to make a difference? Is it going to help? Um, and I just want to pray that God will bless that church, that they will grow, that they will be strong, that they will make a difference, that they will fulfill everything that God has put in their heart to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I often have people ask me if other churches are our competition. Like a lot of people ask me that. Are, aren't, you know, why are you, you know, it's like a pizza place getting, you know, hey, there's another pizza place getting started. Aren't, isn't that your competition? Um, and I just want to say a resounding no. They are not our competition at all. Um, I've actually had, I don't know if it's, yeah, I guess it's the privilege. I, I was asked to teach a course uh, this semester at the University of Valley Forge. So I'm teaching a class on Thursday nights that are, hoo-hoo, go Patriots. Yes. How many alums in the room? How many Valley Forge alums there? Raise your hands. We've got a few. All right. Larry back there. All right. We've got like six of us. That's great. Out in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, near King of Prussia. And I'm teaching a class on church planting. Um, and uh, it's been great. And so I asked the students uh, this past week, this past Thursday, I asked them a question. I said, do we need more churches? Like, aren't there a lot of churches? There's churches all over the place. Do we really need more? And they were like, is this a trick question? This class is on church planting. (laughs) I'm starting more churches. Um, But I wanted them to really think about it because it can, because there's another church starting in Robbinsville and there's a church over at the Pond Road Middle School and there's a church that meets here on Saturdays and then there's the Robbinsville Baptist Church, right? And there's, there's St. Greg's, and there's so many churches in the area. And then in the surrounding towns, like, do we really need another church in Robbinsville? And the reality is there are so many different ways and styles of expressing our faith in Jesus Christ. There's not one way to do this. Um, some folks really like it here, and I'm hoping it's you. <laughs> um, uh, you keep coming, so that's good. Um, <laughs> some people really don't like it here. And they tell me they don't like it here. Um, and that's okay. That's really okay. Like I'm, I'm okay. I wasn't okay with that early on. Now I'm okay with it. I've gotten okay with it. Um, but as long as you can go somewhere to grow in your faith, that's really all I care about. You don't have to be here. And there's so many different styles. Like this style works for some of you, hopefully. Uh, it doesn't always work for everybody else. Some people like, you know, more traditional, more formal, more loud, more quiet, more this, more that. There's just so, there's just unending ways so the reality is that because of King's Cross Church, I thought about this last night. This is really, I thought this was cool. Because of King's Cross Church, the sound of worship in the town of Robbinsville is louder today. How cool is that? Like, so let's get lots of churches. Let's get all the churches we can. They're, not, they're, they're, they're on the same team, just trying to help people find God and, and build a faith of their own. So... Um, May their church and all the churches be strengthened today. So I just want to take a minute and pray. Can we pray? Is that okay? Can you join me in a prayer? And let's pray that right now, as they're at the senior center, it's going awesome. And they are loving it. And there's people there that are going maybe for the first time. They're walking into a church because they saw something new and were like, hey, you know, that's just, just curiosity. You know, let's just go. Let's just pray that for them. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for Pastor Jonathan, for, their, for his wife, Lord, for that whole leadership team, for everybody that's helped 
Lord, to plan and prepare for King's Cross Church here in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Lord, the church that's beginning today, it's your church. It's part of the church. Lord, you have one church, and we're all together this morning giving you praise, giving you worship, and trying to help each other grow in our relationship with you as we walk through this life. And I pray for their church. I pray for the Seventh-day Church here that had our services yesterday. I pray for Lord Calvary Chapel. I pray for 217 Church over at Sharon Elementary Church. Lord, school. Lord, I pray for the Robbinsville Baptist Church. I pray for St. Greg's. I pray for everybody everywhere that's having services this morning. Lord, would you just be present? Lord, would your spirit just envelop all of us, Lord? And would we just recognize how good you are? Lord, would the light just radiate from inside of us, Lord, throughout the community? Lord, there are people that still have yet to know how much you love them. And they need to know. Lord, and we are doing our best to get the message out, but we need help. Lord, you tell us, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send more workers. Because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Lord, the people are there. We just need more help. And so, Lord, our job is to multiply, to multiply, to make more help, Lord, to be helpers. And so I ask, Lord, that all throughout this community, throughout this county, throughout this state, throughout our country, throughout the world, Lord, that you would just continue to raise up, Lord, people of faith that will know you and make you known. So I thank you today for that church, and I pray specifically for King's Cross today as they begin. Lord, would you just give them a wonderful head start? Would they just start with just energy and encouragement and excitement? And Lord, would there just be an affirmation that you have called them here now at this time in history to do what they're doing? I thank you for them, and I pray your richest blessings on them. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. I appreciate that. and I think there's a reason that I feel that way about other churches. Uh, that's something that God has really helped me to grow in and understand. Um, and it has to do with what I believe about God. So what I believe about God affects the way that I view other churches. Because um, actually what, what I believe at my root, at my core, it actually affects everything in my life. Um, I believe that dessert is better than dinner. So it affects everything about my life. Um, I believe that New York sports are far superior to Philadelphia sports, so it affects everything about my life. I believe that not all pizzas are created equal, so it affects everything about my life. I believe that less is usually more, um, so I will try and be short and brief today. And uh, I believe that it's not the size of the dog in the fight, right? The size of the fight and the dog. So, like, there are things like that. Those are convictions I have deep down things that really do genuinely affect the way I live my life, the decisions I make. You have those same things. What you genuinely believe affects the decisions you make and the way you live your life. Do you know this? Yes. What you believe affects and alters your decisions, your choices, everything about how you present yourself. The course of your life is affected by what you believe. And what you believe, what you really believe, nobody else knows. It's underground. It's the root system. It's what's... Because we can say we believe something, and that's what people hear, but, but they don't know what we actually believe. Because we we're the only ones that, that really know if we're doubting or if we're saying this, but we're just really struggling with that. Like, what do we actually believe? So today we're kicking off a new series called The Creed. And a creed is um, more than uh, just, you know, a, a list of sayings that make sense about faith in God, right? I mean, you can have a creed about anything. Um, you know, work creed, a sports creed, a health creed, whatever. Um, this is more than just sayings. The creed needs to be the anchor 
of our life. Not so, so much this creed, but our creed, what we believe. Um, a creed defines your roots. So let me ask you some really simple questions. But who is God? <laughs> Who's God? Because that's what you believe. Who do you believe God is? Right? And who, who do you believe Jesus is? Really? And who is the Holy Spirit? Anybody actually want to take a shot at answering? No, of course not. I asked these same questions in, in, in the course, and uh, one of the girls said this past week, she goes, you know, you're asking us really basic questions. And when you ask them, all of a sudden, I don't know the answer. <laughs> like, there's just something like when you say that, you go, well, if you, to really define that, I, I don't know. You know, to really bear down. And that's the point. Like, if we don't really know, then we don't know how to make our decisions. Right? So who is God and who is Jesus and who is the Holy Spirit and what is the church? I asked the same question. I asked our, our, the class. I mean, these are Bible college students, a Christian college. This is supposed to be a senior level elective. And I said, so what is a church? And they were like, it's not a building. It's like, congratulations, you get a gold star. It's not a building, right? What, why does communion matter? Why is forgiveness so important? What happens next in this life? What happens when it's over? Questions, right, that reveal what we actually believe. So what you believe matters. It determines everything for how you live. See, why you are determines who you are, determines what you do. It just continues to follow. Our roots determine our fruit. It's a law. What you believe, it just guides your steps. So it's critical that we evaluate what we really believe. Um, so what we're going to be looking at for the next few weeks is the Apostles' Creed. Anybody familiar with this? Anybody know this by heart because you grew up reciting it over and over and over again? Uh, lots of you. That's good. Um, it's a great day to be here because it's the beginning of a new series. So you're right at the front end of it. So it's great. So you'll get to hear the setup. And it's going to be a really great time. Really looking forward to breaking down the Apostles' Creed. Um, it's something we say, but not always something we always really think about and dig its you know, it's sort of like just, just routine. You know, you can repeat it, but do we actually understand what it means for us? So uh, hopefully my prayer is that this will gain, if you know it, it will give you just absolutely a new perspective on it, new appreciation for what you believe. And if you have no idea what this is, then, hey, you get to learn something new, and congratulations. It's great. Um, on your way out today, if you didn't get these last week, we've got magnets, fridge magnets for everybody. Um, you can take one. It's got the creed uh, written out on it. You can put it on your refrigerator, and we're encouraging you just to read it once a day for the month of September. Just read through it. Think about it. Consider it. And just, just continually sing it. We sang the song earlier. You know, I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. You're going to hear it a lot. We're going to sing it every Sunday while we're doing the series. Um, and again, it's just repetition. Sometimes it begins to, we hear it differently. Um, so I'm going to invite you to read it with me today. Is that okay? So we're going to put it on the screen and encourage you just to read along with me. So... Hopefully you can read it and uh, you can be loud. Here we go. Ready? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And born of the Virgin Mary, he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead, he ascended to heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So congratulations, you have completed your X Factor for today. You have recited and reflected on the Apostles' Creed. Now I want to just qualify one word that's in there. I know it's probably a word that you all have heard often, but the word Catholic is in there, the Holy Catholic Church. And for a lot of people, that word means lots of different things. Um, in this creed, what that word means, it means the true Christian church. It means those churches that genuinely serve God and worship Jesus and believe in him. That's what it means, Catholic, small c. Large c would be Catholic churches that we know today that are you know, in the Catholic tradition, um, you know, Pope, bishops, things like that. That would be the Catholic Church. This is dis- distinct from that. This is a different word, uh, the Catholic word. Um, it's a great word. Catholic is an awesome word. Um, but I just want to make sure that we don't confuse it with the um, capital C Catholic word. So just so everybody understands what that means, why that's in there. Does that make sense? Good. All right. Um, wrong page. I went backwards. Here we go. So, um, the creed, it's just so we're clear, this is not like scripture. It's not Bible. It's not like, hey, the creed is, you know, this is, you got to believe. This is, this is just an attempt by people to clarify what we believe. The purpose of the creation of the creed was that uh, there was people believing really weird and wacky stuff. And so they said, you know, we need to help people and simplify this and say, hey, this is, Let's just take the whole scriptures and just let's like, let's try and simplify it. This is a statement of faith about what we really believe. It was a response to um, the word is heresy, you know, just people believing some really wacky stuff. Um, and so it's a really helpful thing for us. Uh, and so I thought, you know, let's just take a look at this. So today we're going to just explore the first declaration, very simple, which says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. OK, and that's all we're going to we're look at just that one line today. Um, so God is the creator made everything. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Isaiah 42, verse 5 says, God, the Lord, created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth, right? God is a creator God. It's right in there. Very simple. Um, If you have time, I encourage you sometime maybe later today, go read Isaiah chapter 40. You can write this down. Isaiah 40. Just make a note. Isaiah 40. Go read it. It's awesome. It's so powerful. I'm just going to read a little portion of it for you. It says this. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Asked the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Have you not heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. Let me tell you, I believe in God, the creator of heaven and earth. God is the creator. Means he made it. And if he made it, that means he knows why it is. Right. Creators know why things are. My kids make things out of Legos. Oh. What's that? (laughs) <laughs> you know, because what I could guess about what it is, but they are the creators. They can tell me exactly what this is because they made it. My daughter draws a picture. Is that me or mommy? Right. Like just she's got to tell me because she created it and I'm not always sure. Um, 
based on the picture. You know, it's not always clear. God knows because he made it. He knows what is meant to be. He knows best why we are here. Um, God creates things. He creates new things. So if God is the creator, here's the takeaway. If God is the creator, that means he is the only one. He is the only reliable source that can tell you why you are. That can tell you who you are. That can tell you what you are. Right? So if we say we believe that God is the creator, that means he made you. He made you with purpose, with design, with intentionality. That means we shouldn't be looking elsewhere for somebody else to tell us why we are and who we are and what we are. But that the authority is the one who made you. Does that make sense? Right? I believe in God, the creator. So, if you want to know what's up, ask the one who made you. He's the creator. But also, it's interesting because God is the creator, which means he makes things that are new. Which means God can do anything. God took nothing and made something. And if God can make this, you know, we had, where's Dan and Natalie? Dan and Natalie. Okay, they were walking. If you're friends with them on Facebook, you know, you got to see awesome pictures this past week. They did a walking tour of Italy. Right? Is that, I mean, you guys were all over. How many miles did you walk? 50 miles. Like, they just had to woke up in the morning, walk to the next place. Like, it was like a walking tour every day of just, that's their vacation. It sounds like fun for you. You know, you got to talk to them. Um, it's like, I like to sit down and relax. But they wanted to walk on their vacation. So, more power to them. But they were beautiful pictures. And they were walking through these incredible, you know, vineyards and beautiful places that God made because God created that. And he created that out of nothing. So think about the fact that when we say, I believe in God, the creator of all things. In your life, perhaps you are coming up against an impossibility. But don't forget that your God that we say we believe is the creator. Which means he can do something new. That wasn't a possibility before. That wasn't even a consideration before. That you didn't even know existed because that's what he can do. So maybe there's something in a relationship and you go, now this relationship. No, I guess what? God's the creator, God. He can do something new. See, it's, we've got the conviction, the belief that our God can do anything. I don't know how, you know, my future is going to go, but I can't wait to find out because God's constantly doing something new. His word says, you know, behold, doing something new. Do you not perceive it? I'm God who does a new thing. God is a creator God. He's going to do something new. So I know we can just read that word and go, I believe in God the Father, you know, creator of heaven and earth. It's a throwaway. I believe in God the Father, but creator of heaven and earth. No, no. He made the heavens and the earth and everything in it. He made all people everywhere. God just creates. So I just want to encourage you. God can create something new in you. Perhaps it's a, new, it's a new, new start, new season. Falls here. Maybe God wants to do something new in your life right now. He can do it because he's the creator. Would you invite God perhaps to say, God, maybe do something new in me right now. What do you want to do, God? Because I believe that you are the creator. And God is the creator can give us peace, gives us purpose, it gives us a reason if God is our creator, we should diligently seek him and clarify why we're here. And he'll do that for us. 
And in his infinite wisdom, God chose another thing, too. And he says this. I'm another role for myself. He says, I'm not just your creator, but I'm your father. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Right? Now, again, you know this. These are very familiar words. God is our father. Not just creator, father. And father almighty. First John chapter 3, verse 1 will be on the screen. says, see how very much our father loves us, for he calls us children, and that is what we are. All right. Galatians chapter 4. This is the verse I had you guys turn to. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, these children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. Right? This is it's in a trust fund, you know? So you know what kids that have trust, they can have access to it? They've got nothing, right? It says they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. Verse 3. And that's why, that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent his, the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So there's two words, Abba, Father. Just so you know, it's the same word over and over. It's, it's Father, Father. One is in Greek and one is in Aramaic. It was just to try and reinforce to whoever was listening that you would understand. Listen, there's something inside you that crawls out. Abba, Father, Dad, Pops, Old Man, whatever you called your dad, whatever you'd like to call your dad, right? It's a name. It's just a term of endearment here. There's something inside of us that cries out for God to be our Father. And it's not just nice that God is our Father. It's like, oh, that's a nice little church thing. Yeah, they talk about God being our Father. No, we actually need Him to be God our Father. There's a place inside of us that needs the affirmation, the acceptance of the Father, that needs the love of the Father, that needs to know who we really are, right? to say, I believe in God, my Father, to really understand what that means. Not only is he my Father and loves me and adopts me and calls me as, as oh, my, my sister and brother-in-law, we were with them yesterday, they're still trusting God for adopting this child they've had in foster care for way too long. It's a story I really don't want to get into right now because it makes me mad. But they want to adopt this beautiful little girl, baby A. That's what they call her. She's really not a baby anymore. It's over two years. She had a two-year-old birthday yesterday, and uh, had her since two days old. They want they they've adopted her. She's their child. You know, in their hearts, this is their. They love this baby. They care for her. She is wild <laughs> and crazy and awesome. And beautiful, and they, they love this child, and they care for it. And that's what God is. He says, I want to adopt you. He says, I want to adopt you. And I love this verse. You have to read this verse. Psalm 68, verse 5. This one blew my mind. It says, He is a father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God who's dwelling as holy. So that sounds good, but listen to this. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoner free and gives them joy. The New American Standard Version says, God makes a home for the lonely. He places the lonely in families. And I began to think about this. God, our Father, places the lonely in families. Some of you have families. Some of you have nobody. But God, our Father, makes us family. 
Do you understand the significance of this? God gives us all a family. He looks across the world and sees people who are lonely and says, no longer. No longer. You are now family. He doesn't just become our father, but he gives us, if God is our father, what he does is he gives us then brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and grandparents and uncles and aunts and cousins and everybody. When you become part of the family of God, you get a crowd. You get a crowd. I would like you to look around the room. Meet your family. No, I'm serious. Look around the room. And you know what? Your family is bigger than you think. First Corinthians chapter eight says, but we know that there is only one God, the father who created everything by whom all things were created and for whom we live. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through whom we live. If there is only one father. If there's only one father, what's the only available conclusion? If there's only one father, then Malachi chapter 2, verse 10 clarifies. It says, are we not all children of the same father? Are we not all created by the same God? See, if there's one father, then there's one family. It's one family. God has one family, and we're all part of it. You are my family. I tell you, King's Cross is my family. The Robinsville Seventh-day Adventist church members, they are my family. The Baptist church members, they are my family. St. Greg's is my family. The people who worshipped in this room yesterday are our family. The people who are gathering right now at the Senior Center and at Pond Road Middle School and at Sharon Elementary School, at the Baptist church, at St. Greg's, and, and in Windsor at the Spanish-speaking service, and in every church all over the world, they are our family. See, when we think about saying, okay, I believe in God the Father, do we understand that there's one Father that makes us all family? See, there's a lot in that word that's implied that we just don't necessarily extrapolate from it, but it's all true. I believe in God the Father, not God a Father, but God the Father. There's one of them. I never heard, I just, I've heard this verse that we're going to read so many times, and it just struck me totally new this week. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's Christmas. For any of you who like Christmas, you'll like this verse. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's talking about Jesus, right? This is God's revelation of God to us. This is what God is going to do. He's going to come to the earth. And you know what I've never noticed about this verse before? Go ahead, Dustin, put it up there. For a child is born to us. Son is given to us. That was given to us, to the family. The family was given a father. We collectively received it. He wasn't just given to me. It wasn't just life tree that gets the benefit of the Son of God. He gave it to all of us together. You ever have like, you know, a Christmas and you get like, all right, family present. And you're like, oh. I want family present. I want mine, right? Who opens it? You know, everybody rips like a little piece, and then you know, and there's the one that they ripped so much they took they took more than their you know whatever. Um, but God says no. This is for all of us, for all of us, one family. Ephesians four. I know I'm reading a lot of scripture today, but it's church. You get in the Bible. Um, it says this: for there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope. 
for the future. Next verse. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Keep going. Okay. One God and Father of all who is over all and in all and living through all. I think I'm making the point. I hope you're seeing it here. We are family. And because I believe in God, the Father, almighty creator of heaven and earth, that makes us together in this thing. You want to know why I have no problem with other churches starting? It's because we're one family. What the enemy wants to do is make the world competition. It's a scarcity mentality. There is not enough to go around. So I need to get my share before you get yours, because if you get some, there's not enough for me. There's only so much cannoli. And if you take a bite, that's one bite less for me. But I believe in God the Father who's got all of it. And so guess what? There is more than enough for everybody. There is more than enough. And I believe in God the Father. So I'm okay with everybody. I'm not in competition with anybody. My goal is to help everybody get there. Because we're family. So what? Let's make this practical today. Here's the question that only you can answer. Do you believe that line? Do you believe in God, the Father, Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth? Do you? As you reflect on the creed over the next few weeks, I'm going to ask you to really evaluate and see if you really believe that, to search your heart. Do you really believe that God is the Father, the Creator of everything and anything? Because if you believe that, it's going to affect the way you live your life. And if the answer is no, say, no, I'm not sure I believe that. And I'm going to applaud your honesty, one. I'm going to pray for God to open your eyes to the truth, too. That's what I'm going to do. And if your answer is yes, that you believe in God as our Father Almighty, then, then it really becomes practical because we just have to ask ourselves, well, then, how well are we loving the fam? How well are we loving brothers and sisters and Crazy uncles and aunts and, you know, it's nothing new. Greatest commandment. What's he say? What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbors. Love everybody. Love the family. That's what it comes down to. We can get pretty tense within our family. I don't know about you. You know, Winston Churchill's famous immortal words. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. It sounds just like family vacation. Every family has mess. It's complicated. Families are full of people. To learn what that love needs to look like. To, To learn how to love messy people anyway. Why would we try to learn how to love messy people anyway? Because I believe in God the Father. Which makes us one family. That's why. Right? It changes what we do. Growing up, when I grew up, every man, every grown man in our church was brother so. It was brother so and so. Everything. It was, you know, it'd be, it'd be brother Andre, brother Kevin, and, you know, brother Dave. It'd be brother Joe. It'd be brother this and brother that. Right? Anybody remember that? Anybody grow up in that kind of tradition? Right? Some of you. Right? Everything was brother, and every, every woman was sister. Oh, this was sister or whatever, right? This was 
This was this was sister and sister so and and you just and I just I grew up with that language in my home. Like everybody was brother and sister something. Now listen, it's a very dated way of talking about people. They're like, what? You know, I still. It depends on. I have to kind of remember where I am in certain settings because in some settings, like we still call people. Like when I'm with other ministers, like in certain traditions, I have to call them brother so and so. And then over here, it's like, no, that's just Pete, right? Like I just, I just have to know where I am. Um, but can I tell you, there's something about that that reinforced something to me that these were family. Like this sister, Sister Anne from our church in North Jersey, was a cranky old lady. But because the word sister was in front of her name, I just she was just part of the family. You just dealt with it. So she was a cranky old lady, but she made really good baklava. There you go, right? And if 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 I'm in a fight with somebody, or if I'm really disagreeing with somebody, and I'm but I go, okay, now, brother Joe, it changes the way you talk to people. It's not just people you sit next to, you know, at church. It's it's much more than that. We need to change the way we think about other people. It starts with, oh, I believe in God the Father, because that makes us family. So, and I'm going to end with this one idea. Nikki can come on up. And I'm, I've talked about this before, and you know, I just can't let it go. So I'm going to keep coming back to this. And I'm sorry if you don't like it. I'll be done in like a minute and a half. So it's okay. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 3. It says this, One day, when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. And as he was praying, the heavens opened up. And the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. It's the story of Jesus getting baptized. Love that story. Baptized by John, John the Baptist good name. He was a baptizer. And uh, when he came up, the father just spoke and said, hey, that's my child. That's my child. And in being baptized, Jesus was essentially saying, hey, that's my dad. That's my dad. See, and I thought about it. I said, you know what baptism really is? It's just an adoption ceremony. Imagine, you know, you've seen some of the videos of adoption ceremonies and or kids, you know, who maybe give a letter to a parent, you know, a step parent or something. Say, I would like you to adopt me. The emotion of that moment you read, you see those videos and the parents are just overcome with emotion because the child is saying, I would love to be adopted by you. I'd love to call you dad. Maybe you've never actually acknowledged God's saying, I want to adopt you. I would love to be your dad. I believe in God the Father. He's all our Father. There's only one. He's good. But there's something for you. You've got to acknowledge it. Like, what if I want to adopt a kid? And he goes, yeah, you can, but I don't want anybody to know. Oof. It'll be rough. Baptism, listen, I keep coming back to it. It's just important. Jesus said, 
be baptized. He himself did it. So if he's modeling it for us, it's just a way. If you've never been baptized, you've maybe never even made that decision to acknowledge it. I want to encourage you. Today's a good day as any. Would you just maybe say, God, all right, adopt me. I want to be part of the family. I want to be in. God wants to give the lonely a family. He knows we need each other. He gives us the best family ever. Let me ask you, if you've not made that commitment to Jesus, if you've not accepted God before, if you've never even committed to baptism, on the back of your connection card, I'm going to ask you to write it. But i got really one question for you. It says, what are you waiting for? God is so good. And He loves you. As I think about this, I think our... Our world is filled with basically just estranged family members. One big estranged family. That's what it is. We're apart. How rich would your life be if you could restore your relationship with everybody? How much better would our world be if we actually loved each other and got along as a family? I mean, families aren't perfect. Like, we get that. There, some, I mean, it's, some are louder than others. <laughs> Messy. But love wins all the time. And it all starts with discovering that we have the same father. Because we've got one father and one family. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Would you just bow your heads with me in prayer this, this morning? Heavenly Father, I believe you want to do something new. You are the creator God. And perhaps, Lord, there are some today who would just say, I need to be a new member of this family. I've been apart for too long. I say I believe it, but I want to act on it. And today I want to acknowledge, God, I want, to, I want you to adopt me into your family. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. God, I want you to adopt me into your family. Today. See those hands? Anybody else? See your hands? God, you see our hands, God. Look, look down and see our hands. God, I thank you that today the family just got bigger. God, I thank you that you love us, that you continually come after us. Lord, would you do something new in us now? You are our Father. We believe in you. That makes us all family. It makes us all one. Help us to really understand what that means and to live it out every day. To grow in that understanding. Thank you for loving us like you do, God. Help us to continue now to, to just commit ourselves to learning what it means to be part of this family. To live with you as our Father. To follow after you. Thank you, Lord. In your good name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.